from the love you have for me I belong to you Father you belong to me I'm yours and you are mine Jesus Jesus hallelujah hallelujah I worship you Lord there is no one like you Father you will make a way out of no way, Lord. You give us hope. You give us hope. You give us joy. You give us life. Forgiveness, Father. Mercy, Lord. You give us, Father. Oh, Lord, you said your mercies are new every day, every day, every day. Your mercies are new every day, every day. worship the Lord with all your heart there's not a, a wrong way to do it just worship him in your secret place lift your, lift his name on high he loves you he loves you he wants to hold you let go of everything that you're holding on to and let go 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 and let him in let him let them saturate you. We belong to you, my Lord. There is nothing like your love. We belong to you, my Lord. There is nothing like your love. We belong to you, my Lord. We belong to you, my Lord. There is nothing like your love. There is nothing like your love frees us. Oh, your love. I want you guys just to lift your hands. Maybe you didn't get a chance to surrender your voice. But maybe this morning just surrender your heart to Jesus. I think that's a great word that there is no one else but you, Lord. And we know, we've lived long enough to know, we've searched all over, was looking for things, and man, nothing compares to having Jesus. Nothing compares to having someone that would have us when they know all about us. That's when you know you're in the hands of God because he knows all about you. He knows your secrets. He knows your missteps. He knows everything, and he still wants to have us. And Lord, I just thank you, Father, for in the spirit in the land of people feeling unwanted, people whose only mothers and fathers have abandoned them. And Lord, you want, that's the one you want. When our dreams have abandoned us, our goals have abandoned us, and God says, I want you. Please don't try to turn into anything else. Don't try to do anything else, for this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice. 
I will be glad in it. God, I thank you that you have come for such a time as this. I've been put here for this time, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I celebrate you. I surrender. I surrender all. We thank you for the heart of worship, Lord. And as we speak back into the Proverbs, it says, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Well, Lord, I, I just thank you that the unrelenting disappointments don't have to make my heart sick this morning. For my heart rejoices because it's in you. I speak Psalms 45.1 over you. Your heart overflows with a good thing. Your tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You're ready to speak the word. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to put your hands down for a minute. I want to read something to you. I need you to start to dream again. By definition, a God-sized dream will be beyond your ability, beyond your resources. Unless God does it, it can't be done. And that is precisely how God gets the glory. He does things we can't do, so we can't take credit for them. God honors big dreams because big dreams honor God. Thank you that you are out of answers and solutions this morning because now you're right where God wants you and God wants to do some amazing things in you I want you to receive your dreams and your goals and your destiny this morning and not as selfish because if you're dreaming big enough to scare you you're not dreaming you're taking a nap I need you to wake up and dream big bold and believe that all things are possible Lord, we're in the midst and in our agreement as a church family, we got sentences that are beyond our scope, that are beyond our ability, that are beyond our job titles, that are trying to be handed down. But in the name of Jesus, our faith is beyond the job titles of those trying to hand down sentences and judgments. And I just believe, Lord, as we apply our faith, your will shall be done. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, downsize your giants. I mean, if you got some things that are bigger than you, that are greater than you and your physical strength, and, and it could be just your thoughts sometimes can be like giants. Sometimes you can think about something so long and so strong that it seems impossible to overcome uh, we don't want to leave anything to chance. We want to downsize any giant that is defiling the Spirit of God inside of you and standing up against it. And that's exactly what a, a giant would want to do. Uh, everything is smaller through God's eyes. Everything. I have to look through things through the eyes of God. In fact, the scripture that's not hidden here, this is your hors d'oeuvre or your water with lemon in it. Uh, it says that if your eye is evil, then your whole body will be full of darkness. Just that. If you filter everything through the evil part, the whole body is full of darkness. But if the eye is full of light, your whole body will be full of light. All right? So filter things through the light. When you get information, filter it through the Word of God. Change your narrator, so to speak. There's uh, a great narrator, Morgan Freeman. Sometimes I, I think I'm starting to sound like him. The older I get, <laughs> I just feel like I'm saying some lean on me speech is coming. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> no, just, 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 just me. And, or just whatever. Change your narrator. Some of us narrate our, our uh, failures with everything. 
And, and you got to change that. I, I can't be the narrator of faith because the Jesus has said something completely different about who you are and what you are. Amen. And when we're, that's where we're going to go. We're going to change your narrator. So if you don't like who's reading your book, get you a different voice. That's what I do on my GPS. It's a lady's voice. I change. I'm tired of women telling me what to do. I just got me a dude till he had me going up the street and turn around. So I just, just look at the pictures. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 through 30, before we ever get there, they were sent to spy out the lands and, and the Amalekites and all of those ites and all those people and, and to come back with a good report. And it was 10 of them that came back, uh, but only two had a good report. And so when we start thinking about what do people come back with? Well, you know, if you can't come back to me, even, even I'm not saying the circumstances are not what they are, but they should come back with the report of what God's word has said. Come back with that. Come back with the pleasure of God's word and, and, and give that. Give the Bible. Give what's been around more than what's at the moment. And so as they showed up in, in, in verse 25 says, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness in, of Paran, to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation showed them the fruit of the land and they told him and said we came unto the land whither thou sent us and surely it floweth with milk and honey this is the fruit of it and that's that's where we want to get to right that's our whole deal right get to the fruit of of of, of uh, milk and honey don't even sound right but it'll get there it sounds sticky nevertheless the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Father, I just pray, I thank you that, Lord, that this word is not just for Sunday, but, Lord, so people can take it into their Monday. And it is a day-to-day -day word that it will bring deliverance and freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I, I think, like, you go and you spy out something. I love the fact that at least they took 40 days to look and see what they were looking for. And, and I think that's amazing. But also what is not, what I didn't read here is that the other folks who came back with a negative report and talking about how big the, the grapes are and so the people are big, they also said in their, in their eyes, they look like grasshoppers. You know, I, I say this a lot when I start talking to teachers about students. Sometimes kids come to school and see school in their eyes, I look like a failure, so I'm gonna fail. They do it automatically. Sometimes they never even try, or, and that's with us too. Sometimes we look at something and we go, in our eyes, that thing is too big. It's what I need, but it's too big to what I can have. And so we have to turn it back over to God, and I have to downsize the giant. But sometimes the biggest giant is my mindset. And I'll ask, like, I mean, how many of you guys work with negative people? Right? And how many of y'all are the negative? <laughs> Some of y'all didn't raise your hand, right? Work with negative people. And I always jokingly say that with teachers and, and do that because negative people we should put on their tombstone. I expected this. They're, they're negative. They 
are looking for something to go wrong. And they go out to spy the land. God said, go spy the land that you're going to have. You're going to be able to overtake it. So what I need you to do is get a vision of what you're going to have, not a vision of how big the giants are because we're going to win. And when you go out there and you send your faith out there, don't come back reporting on the giants. Go back, come back reporting on the God that's going to bring what you need for that situation. For if you don't, you'll be infatuated by the giant and frustrated by your faithlessness. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tough place to be, and you can see it where you got people who are more in tune with what's wrong than what's right. They can point out your problems more than your promises. Talk about your limitations than your possibilities. And so what we have to do is come back and say, man, you, you got the wrong person. This is what I said to potlucks. We don't eat at potlucks because I have a bunch of allergies. I don't know what you put in there. I don't even know if, I don't know how you were dressed when you cooked it, so I don't even want it. I don't. I don't, I don't know what's in your food. And people get offended because I won't risk my life for their food. Well, I made this good. You can, more for you to eat because I won't be participating. I've already eaten. Now, I use it, and I tell kids, especially elementary kids, really get into this. And I say, now, elementary kids, just like I eat before I go to these places, I need you to wake up every morning and eat what's good about you. Get in the mirror and say, I'm a great student. I'm a great person. So when somebody comes to you and say, you're not talented or you're not gifted or you're not smart, you go, no, nah, I've already eaten. That's your potluck. You eat that. You know, you see little kids get it like that. Yeah, I'm not eating potluck today. And so... Uh, when they can get it, which adults will get it and quit snacking on uh, negativity that you're already allergic to and causing you to break out. See, I don't know if they have peanut oil and stuff. I do know if I eat it, I don't want her, the lady trying to revive me. Praise the Lord. Giants don't let down. Giants keep standing tall. They're not going to kneel for you. You need to take them down. Now, I love these type of sermons because being a vertically challenged person myself, since everything was always seemingly taller than me, I always loved the story of David and Goliath for the absolute wrong reasons, right? I loved it because you're going to go down. Now, I got beat up a lot because I fought people that were bigger than I was, and that not, that's not what the verse is about fighting. It's about believing. Right? And if you know what the opposite of, who knows what the opposite of faith is? Well, yeah? Doubt? Well, and, and one, of, one of the opposite of faith is certain. When you're certain you can do it, you don't need God. So you don't use faith. Fear and doubt, those are two, right? Okay, I don't want y'all to go around depressed like, I don't know the Bible. Yeah, but... But when you're certain about something you can do, you don't include God. In fact, if you're doing something without God, you're saying, I'm certain I can get it done. Amen? So we want to turn to him. So, again, the giant stays bigger. The, the generational curses stay bigger. Uh, the, the things stay bigger because if we don't get into a place where we're trying to downsize them, they're going to be bigger. And guess what? When our kids get to them, they're going to be even bigger. These giants stay. And so whatever we need to remove, this is the time to remove them. So we must chase them down and, and walk in the reward that God has called us to walk in. Caleb knew that their abundance was right at hand. He says, let us go up now. Because we sit around and talk about it, we ain't going to do anything. 
right? Case in point, if your house ain't clean today, it's because you sat and thought about it and talked yourself out of it yesterday, right? If you didn't get up and work out, it's because you thought about it and talked yourself. Whatever it is, you can think about it. You were doing this spy in the land, and you came back and said, well, you know, the, the grapes are big, but so are the people. I mean, we could have a good fruit salad, but we could be dead in the process. And, and he said, let us go up at once. There's something about being immediate. In fact, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is. It says at once. It's an, uh, and it's an immediate thing because if you wait around, you'll never do what you're supposed to do if you don't do it right then and there. Right? If I wait around to pray, that's why I like to pray first thing in the morning because I know stuff is going to come in my day. I want to thank all the people who were here Wednesday and allow me to repent for all the sins I did on Monday and Tuesday. I'm so glad y'all were here for me to confess to. No, don't look at the neighbor who was here. Don't do that. You look forward. You should have been here. I'm not rehearsing that. But we gave it all up <laughs> to God. <laughs> so I love doing that because people looking around like, I knew it was something wrong with him. And there is. Thank you, God. And aren't we glad there's something wrong with us? We got issues. <laughs> Whatever. He said, if we don't, we'll surrender our abundance because of what we are afraid to step into. Change is rough, but you can't wait around for the right time or you'll never step into your destiny. You'll never step into it. So we want to go up now. He said, let us go and let us run by faith and let's take it. We can possess it. Uh, but their greatest, greatest must be wanted and not just warned. And sometimes people go out and see that I'm going to warn you, devil. I got my Bible. I went to church. I'm warning the devil. But you got to want it more than just warn it. Because all you're doing is giving a warning. This is how children are raised to know that parents are liars because they're ground them and for two days they're off. You're grounded for a week, but two days later you're allowed to go play. Maybe I should say this to the kids. Maybe, maybe I'm at the wrong group. It's one area that we found out that we wish our parents would have lied in was that. They enjoyed grounding us and keeping their word. It was one of my mother's greatest verses. I will not be judged by God for not disciplining you. Well, you're about to go to heaven now if you don't stop. Because you're beating us way too frequently. All right? We're getting in trouble, and you're working out your salvation every single day. However, what her message was, I can't have you look at me as a liar because then you'll grow up to be one. So I got to keep my word so you'll keep yours. And as hard as it is for me to keep you in the house because you loud and you mess stuff up, I got to keep you in the house so I can keep what I said upright. Maybe that'll help you out the next time you tell them you ground it. The wrong people, this is cool, this is awesome. The wrong people will always point out the negative of obeying God and, and receiving what he has. Girl, why are you waiting on God? Why would you trust God? Men, why aren't you going out looking at this stuff? Why are you just, why are you obeying God? Why, why, that's negative. Why don't we go do something? There's some other stuff we could do. And God is saying, stick with the plan. I got some milk and honey for you. I got something better than what's immediate. They may enjoy the moment, but you'll have better memories. 
Amen. I, I want better memories than just a moment that I can have. And, that, and I, I love it. I, I think that that part of our, our greatness of, of changing is the fact that we must take into consideration that God says, when you walk with me, no matter who the negative person is, stick with me. All right. And so we're in, a, we're in our society and that's a tough place to be. But, but God is faithful to those who will trust him. But you have to get the wrong people out. Well, he said on a worthwhile relationships, when you get wrong people out of your life, wrong things stop happening. When you bring right people in your life, right things will start happening. Math. People are like math. Some add. Some multiply. Some divide. Some subtract. It's those divide and subtractors we got to remove. So we must surround ourselves with people of faith that are pursuing God's best. Spying on our destiny is not enough to take it. We can spy on it right here. God says, by a stripes you're healed. We're spying on it. Train a child up in a way that should go. Never depart. With long life, you'll satisfy me. We're spying on it. Spying it. We're spying on it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, amazing, after you finish spying and it comes time to start doing all the excuses that come up. So now, after you spy, you have to want it. And you have to step up and take it. And that's regardless of what it is. You want to be a better parent, better worker, better, better whatever. You've got to make sure you do more than just look at it. As we said Wednesday, we love the people who, who, who are honest and say, well, at least I admit when I'm wrong. That ain't enough. Hey, Miss Rita, I'm cheating on you. <laughs> okay, let's have the rest of our life together. As long as I admit it. How many of y'all know that's not going to go very far? I love how quiet and most of y'all look to the left whenever I say stuff real like that. <laughs> I love it. Y'all just like, did he just say what I think he said? Yes. Said it. Said it. Trying to wake you up to the fact that admitting is not enough. <laughs> you have to own it. Uh, once we see God uh, live in a way that brings it forth. So I want to live in a way that brings forth the things of God. Amen. And in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, that means that I need to get aggressive about my faith. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subject to violence. And the violent lay claim to it. Now, the, the King James Version said the violent take it by force. You have to wake up every morning and get violent about what you're believing God for. And that's probably the reason why you need to get up before everybody else. So you can yell louder while you're on your own. You have to violently take it because if not, that thing will violently be removed from your life and cause a violence of depression, right? We have to violently declare to these kids, whoever gets on the trip, whoever's going, they're going to violently be called into the things of God, right? We're going to ride. We're going to ride. Miss, Miss Rita's there to give grace. I'm there to get in their face. This is my part. Some of them I'll have to stand on a chair or have my son sit down so I can get in his face because he's taller. So doing the things God's way is under attack. Y'all realize that in our society, the things of God, the ways of God are under attack. They're telling us we're crazy for believing in a God we can't see. I had one guy go, really? You really think God got all the animals on the boat? 
I said, yeah. You would have been one of the animals on there too had you obeyed. How can he get all the animals on the boat? Well, he's God. You know how big every animal is? I said, you know how big the boat was? And it's still God. He goes, but those animals are huge. I said, how do you know they all weren't baby animals when they got on there? Just to go with your logic, not that God couldn't put them on there full grown. But I know what his job would have been on the boat. <laughs> I'll let you work that out with your own salvation. But they are. The things of God are under attack. You still believe that God's going to take you to a heaven? Not to a heaven, the heaven. It's not a, it ain't a couple of them, the one. I'm going there. You believe there is a hell? Yes. You believe in there is demons? Yes. I'm looking at one. Yes. Believe in demons. I do. I'm looking at a devil right now. You, you, just, you, want, you want to see a devil? Go get a mirror and just put it right in front. And it's, and it's under attack as if the Bible doesn't exist. Or they'll say, they'll say crazy stuff. You really think kids can be pure nowadays? If they was pure other days, they can be pure today. I don't know why. There's different air. Well, things have changed. I tell you what, go in Walmart and steal something. Now, let's see if stealing ain't today like it was yesterday. You just walk on out. Let the alarm go off and everything. Watch them tackle you like they did yesterday. And a lot of times what they're, what they're trying to say is, I got an excuse to quit and let this thing be bigger. You know, and even growing up, we had to chase down some giants in our family life. And my twin and I, we talk about this all the time, that what men, the way men treated women, that giant had to be chopped down in our life. And it's okay to have some uh, argument, or we call it intense fellowship. But we had to chase down, never will our wives be cursed. Never will we... Uh, put them down and use words of belittling them. That giant must be chased down. Cannot be a part of our lives. And if once we chase it down, our sons will know what it looks like. They have to because if I don't stop it here, they're going to grow up and they're going to try to do it to their wives and their sons are going to try to do it to their wives. And so we have to chase it down here. The reason why we, we want to do that is because the generations that are coming are paying attention to you more than reading. And if we can put the Bible in a text form, LOL, they're not reading. They're watching us. You, they, we may be the only word that they see. So, so if we're going to have a God-ordained life, we have to live it by force. Sometimes you have to force yourself to pray. Amen? So many of y'all have to force yourself to get to church this morning. Wasn't it easy? You laid there like, oh, man, my sleep just, this is good sleep. This is good sleep. When it's that good, that means you're missing something greater. <laughs> this, uh. Then when you get up, it's, on Sundays is the day I figured this is the time to do the most cleaning. Man, why didn't I, I should have cleaned and get caught up into something. Well, a lot of that is, again, attacking what you need to be doing for God. If you've ever bowed down to pray and got sleepy immediately and got to bed and couldn't sleep, get back up and go pray. Right? Because you lay down and oh, I can't. 
You bump in your head and everything. Then you get to bed and you can't sleep. Y'all been through this. So finally, I'll catch you on one. Your giant is when you bow your dear, and you are out, like you miss the next several sentences, you get to bed, you're wide awake. There's a fight. So stand and pray. You bump your head on enough things, you'll stay awake. Some of you may have to pray with your eyes open, but it, that means this is a force. It's a fight. Y'all, our group of kids that are going, I've been praying. I've been praying. I am telling you, we're going to come back with the things of God in a mighty way. We're not coming back the way we're leaving here. And I'm not saying they're horrible kids, but they're going to be greater. 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 You sowed seed into them. You've blessed them. You've, you've encouraged them. There's no way I'm going to let that thing fall on some bad ground. Even if I have to make the ground myself. No, you good dirt, girl. Get your head down and pray. Attacking what is bigger is the only way to defeat it. He said, let us go up at once. If you wait for something bigger to just fall down, you got to attack the thing bigger than you. That is the only way. Caleb said, let us go up at once. Let's attack this now. I can't wait around till I get better. I can't wait around till I feel better. I need to go get this thing now and cut it down to my size. My, my older brother told me something, this horrible thing. He said, if you're about to fight someone who is bigger than you, be sure to get the first lick in and get it in in mid-sentence. Y'all know how people that don't want to fall do a bunch, want to do a bunch of talking? Yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, you catch him on, yeah, three. You want some of me? You want some of me? <laughs> he says, you hit him. Now, I'm not telling you to do this out there fighting, but you need to do this with the devil when the devil's telling you, you ain't no, ah, you just throw you a spiritual blow, right? The problem with Steve, Steve has done this in public with all of us there. He keeps his word, and we've all had to run out of there real fast. But you have to attack what is bigger because if you wait for it, it's going to dominate you. This is why we have Christians that can pray to God and complain on Monday. Because they're not attacking what's bigger. They're letting it take a hold of them. Now, good, I, I do want to teach you because our kids are facing bigger things. There's more of a distraction nowadays. There's, there's, there's more things. And, you know, we, <laughs> we do a Bible study with them. And, you know, they're they struggling to know which books are in the Bible. You know, this is sometimes they're just so distracted. So we have to make sure they're connected more than distracted. So the only way to beat something bigger is to attack it. Attack your dreams. Attack your fears. Attack your emotions. Attack them because they're bigger than you. But the Bible says, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that's within you than he that is within the world. So there's something greater in you that wants to attack back. Now, Matthew chapter 12, verse 29 through 30. It says this, Jesus replied, this is the most important. Hear, O Lord, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. We don't have a bunch of them. We just got one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Don't leave nothing behind. Okay? Now, I thought one sermon I would be preaching was uh, don't forfeit your dreams or don't forfeit your things. And so in playing team sports, one of the things I hated was to have to forfeit. Forfeit is because you don't have enough people to play. 
You don't have enough people. I used to get so mad when other kids didn't show up, especially when I'm being dropped off three hours before the game because that's the only ride I had. And can't un understand why they two parents with both cars couldn't get them to the game. Get so mad because you're automatic. The game's over. You're done. You do not have enough players. In this scripture, if you don't bring all of this to your situation, you've already forfeited before you ever started having faith. It's already over. If you don't bring complete honesty to God, your faith can't own it. Right? So he says, with all your heart, soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, everything you got, please don't leave a team member behind. And by the way, when they tried to let us, and my sport was baseball, when they let us play with eight players, the outfielders, two guys had to cover more ground than what they should have. Right? And, and I, think, I think I wrote it down just perfectly in here somewhere. It says, when we don't come to God with everything, the victory we are supposed to have is not received because we had to forfeit before faith could start. And so when we're facing a forfeit, we'll try to complete or compete shorthanded. There are areas of life that are going to get worn out trying to do what should have been given to God. Right? And so if you ever tried to do too much, and I'm right, guilty 101, tried to do too much. And when something should have been given to God, but I did not want to forfeit, so I'm trying to cover all of these areas. And some things need to be let go so God can get you in the place you need to be in, that he's provided enough players for you. You can't give your heart, soul, mind, and body, and your strength to things that God hadn't called you to. So that team's always going to be shorthanded. You can't give your love to something that won't love you back. You can't give your honesty to something that won't be honest back to you. It gets difficult. So what God is saying, to downsize that giant, you must attack it with your faith. Have faith in God. Have the faith of God. Downsize your giant. You're not bigger than me today. You're not greater than me. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk with God because God's in me. I'm going to raise godly kids. I'm going to raise children of faith. I'm going to be a godly person. I'm not going to be emotional. I'm not going to be uh, overwhelmed. And so, men, as I found out and I confessed to our church on Wednesday, uh, I'm more emotional than Miss Rita is. She may cry, but I will want to kill. <laughs> you know, someone cuts her off in traffic. She says, I don't know why people can't be nice. And I'm like, man, give me the wheel. Mm, you know. That's emotional because I want to bump them with the back of my car and spin them out into the ditch. That's emotional, right? And she'll cry and pray to Jesus and then ask me silly questions like, have you prayed? No. I've got murder on my heart right now. <laughs> you know, I have not prayed. But God says, I need you to bring your whole team, Pastor, to the driving situation. You're trying to play shorthanded and cover grounds you should have given to me. And that's why your anger is causing you to act like <laughs> Again, your quietness really is commitment to your judgment. And I appreciate you. I'm still not telling you all the stuff that happened Wednesday. First Samuel chapter, chapter 17, verse 48 through 49. Now. Greatest book, greatest part of the Bible for short people. Can a short man live? Yes. 
can a young man give? Yes. This is David. David is facing Goliath. That's David for y'all who are just struggling to follow my, my Hebraic. <laughs> David. It's David. <laughs> what is wrong with y'all? Are y'all okay? I mean, y'all just... Seem like there's some issues going on. I'm, I, I'm not going to speed up. I'm going to make sure you downsize your giant. Your problem is, is way too big, and it, it shouldn't be that big, all right? We're going to downsize it. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 48, David has been, this giant is cussing out his whole army. You imagine somebody walking in your house cussing out your whole family when they were there? Just what would happen? What would y'all do? Mr. Fred, all the kids over the 800 grandkids, and y'all in there, and and uh, and, and Miss Eva back there pointing. Let me handle this one, Fred. Take the day off. They, them cast iron skillets, and right in the middle of cussing out the Solis clan, he gets a skillet in the head. Jace is biting him in the ankle. Vanessa's kicking him in the knee because this is how she can go. And, and just as a family, right? You would never put up with that. Right? As a family. Well, we shouldn't let anyone curse out our people of faith in our church family and then agree with them. I just hate those believers who say kids should abstain from sex till they're married. We got other Christians. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Well, let's try that with your daughter. Let's put yours out there. See how crazy it is. It's, no, we should be fighting for one another just as if they are our own. And again, I try not to get on the news. That's my goal. If I'm not on the news, we're good. Amen? Man, if somebody hits a little Navy before, if they're not around, now if I get there, that means I'm going to have to tell the police what happened. Scotty's a boxer, but his mama is crazy. The, uh, not Scotty's mother is crazy, but the, the kid's mother, his wife, is crazy. He's a trained, skilled fighter. She's trained, skilled, crazy about her kids. Right? About your kids. Not that you not that you're loco in the cocoa bat. Just, just but about your kid. Anybody here crazy for your kids? Crazy? Like you may give up all of your all of your holy moments if somebody is slapping your kid. Can you imagine getting out of the car and somebody and slap your kids and can you, what biblical, can you come up there like forgive them for they know not what they do? Really? Is that what you're going to say? Or the other thief on the cross, dost thou not know us? Can you imagine that other thief on the cross? Like he up there, now, now again, the other thief was wrong. Like, hey, if you can get down from here, let's get down. Let's all three of us get down. The other one, dost thou not know us? Like some folks would be too, too positive. Sometimes. That's what I say about Miss Rita's like a pinata. You know, you hit her, she just spit out candy. <laughs> oh, they didn't mean it. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. Yes, they did mean it. Can't share with that, you know. However, anyway, if, if they walk up in your house and cuss out everybody in the house, then they don't have a weapon. Like, they, they better have a bazooka. Like, they better have all kind of stuff. To be able to protect, to be able to back up out of the house. <laughs> then you, you let him go. This is what Goliath was doing. 
I wish one of y'all would come up here. Who is your God? I'm Goliath. I'm, I'm big. Y'all ain't nothing. And it's the army. It's a whole army. This is another thing I understand. There was a whole army hiding behind the bushes while he talked trash to them. I hope I do. I hope I do. I'm going to go down. Just y'all at least say, well, pastor went up there fighting. He died fighting. Quit just hiding behind what's attacking you and go after it. They hiding behind the bushes. So David came up, and his brothers got mad. You just want to see the battle. Well, ain't much going on because y'all hiding. Ain't no battle going on. And his brothers getting mad. He's like, man, I brought you some sandwiches, but why y'all hiding? Why y'all letting this dude talk to y'all like this? It's a bunch of y'all. You, you know that David's probably thinking being the youngest. Y'all used to beat me up all the time for playing around with the wrong sheep, but now y'all want to hide from this dude who's cussing y'all out. It's amazing we have faith for things that we don't want to walk in. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Where's that where we're at? 48? Have I read any part? No, I have not. Okay. So David is getting a chance to fight. Uh, Saul wants to wear his oversized goodwill clothes. David says, no, your stuff is too big. Let me get some rocks and a slingshot. And it came to pass when the Philistines arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. He ran toward the whole army, knowing if I beat the giant, I'll beat the rest of them. I think the reason why there's curses is because the curse hasn't been defeated. The reason why there's little <laughs> demons running around or little attacks going around is because the attacks, the one the attacker hasn't been defeated. And that's the one thing we need to beat is the attacker. The strong man must be pulled down. And David put his hand on his back, in his back and took thence a stone, slang it. I love it when it says slang it. Slang it. He could have threw it. He could have chunked it, but he slang. Slang it like all he got. Sometimes you need to give all you got. Quit saving it. Quit saving your prayer for you get wake up more. And smote the Philistine in, the, in his forehead, and the stone sunk into his head, and he fell upon his face on the earth. Now, David didn't have a sword, so it says when David ran, stood on top of him. He was big enough to stand on. He chopped off his head. All right? So what you need to have as a weapon is been your giant is holding from you. He's got your weapon. So you've got to take him down to get what you need. David ran toward Goliath, ran toward it, and began to face it head on. And Goliath, in order to conquer him, you have to run after him. Number one, that shocks your giant. That shocks the thing that's bigger than you. The last time you ran at something, it had to be smaller than you. We only chase small things. We don't run after the big things. Why? Because if we catch it, we don't know what we're going to do with it. So we want to run after what is bigger than us in order to conquer. David ran with God on his side and defeated him. So if I'm running with God, there's nothing too big for me. Because I'm run, it's who I'm running with. And so what was too big for an entire army was not even comparable with David running with God. An entire army. So, again, when I hear people go, I just need more people on my side. No, you need to be on your side. You need to take your own side. Because if you don't take your own side, you can have a bunch of people around you and they will defeat you along with your problems. So, said every reward that is worth having is worth chasing. You will have to chase it. I was subtle in my chasing of Miss Rita. 
you know, I didn't want to do the thing where I act like I didn't want her. Because when we met at the water fountain at Church on the Move in the hallway at that Saturday night greet meeting, <laughs> yeah, I remember. You remember your gifts, right? As they say in football, I outkick my coverage. Or you got something you probably wasn't supposed to have. I don't even know. I don't even know. And I knew it was something I wasn't supposed to have because the first couple years we were married, they would, people would say this to us, really? Here's my wife, really? My friends did that at the wedding. The groomsmen, really? What'd you say? Well, God got her from me. Oh, okay. No, it had to be something. And God had changed my anger, I knew, because I would have punched one of them for that statement by then. But when God brought her to me, when God brought us or put us together, we knew it was from heaven. Amen? And said, let no man pull us apart. No man. I'm a man. She's a human. We're not allowed to pull ourselves apart. We defeated a giant that day. We defeated a giant in our church. We defeated a giant around us. And the minute that God says, come together, I said, let us go up at once. And she says, you got the ring? I said, yes. She, said, she agreed. And we both went up at once. Because if we wait around, we're going to talk ourselves out of it. We'll come up. We'll come. Oh, honey. This won't sound right. But that was milk and honey. And I'm just... So the key to a victorious life is not allowing a loss to turn into a losing streak. Do not allow one loss to become a losing streak. Guys, you got to say that to your kids. Say that to yourself, too. <laughs> Don't allow one loss to turn into a losing streak. And then the other thing is have a win turn into a winning streak. This is not your last victorious moment. You're about to start something that's going to go on and on and on. It is not going to end here. They're not going to camp. Conference can't be the last relationship I have with Jesus. I got a date over summer, then I broke up with my date when school started. No, we are not breaking up with Jesus at the start of school. You're going to date him all the way through school this year. You're going to have him all the way through the summer of next year, and we're going to grow together. And just like you glowed in the dark yesterday, you're going to glow in this dark world for the rest of the time. I mean, maybe we need to do the sermon with y'all in the dark, in the glow in the dark. I felt confident when it was dark, and I had them not because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I felt strong in the dark and a lot of times that's where people feel weak is when things are dark i need you to feel strong and know that god is with you and all that we do amen amen i want you guys to bow your heads let's let's pray about it let's let's not just spy we're about to want our land that we've been believing god for you maybe you have a land of a unrepentant relative a loved one a land of a person that's the giant in them is addiction but we're going to run to that giant. So as your heads are bowed, Father, we just pray and, and we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us to the table this morning. And Lord God, realizes that this thing is bigger than me. Thank you, Jesus. But so is my dreams and my goals and my vision. 
they're bigger than me, so that means that I need you, God, to complete them. And whatever is competing against me won't be able to stand against the God that is completing me. I run toward them. I run toward them. I refuse to let addiction have my child, my brother, my uncle, my relative. I refuse to let it have them another second. I pray. Whoever's popping in your mind right now, come on, refuse to let the addiction. I refuse to let the generational curse of relationships go in my family another generation. It will stop right now. The generation of abuse, the generation of cheating, the generation of being abandoned, the generation of being hurt. No, this will not be passed on to my children. This will not be passed on to their generation. In the name of Jesus, the curse stops now. And I thank you, Father, as I pray and stand with you. I chase this giant down. They'll have people who celebrate them and not just tolerate them. They'll have people who love them and care for them. They'll have people who pick them up. They will be raised up for the children who've been missing parents, Lord God, that they will turn out to be godly parents that will raise godly seeds. And what they started with is not what they're going to be stuck with. Father, I pray, I pray that every vision and dream that you've called people and I just sense that God has called some of you to do his will and you've been waiting for the right time he says there's milk and honey in your voice you you've got a prophetic anointing on your life to preach the gospel to help to be a blessing there's an anointing on your life and you're waiting to get it all straight and maybe you got some things in your life that are not perfect and Jesus is saying to you like Caleb did let us go up at once let us go up at once and possess the land God is going to use you to bring wisdom to some people that are on paper smarter than you that have got more tenure got more years in the family but you need to speak up because you have the wisdom of God that can help them and you're intimidated because you're worried about what they may say to you. But Jesus said, just say what I say and walk away. I've given the words to come through you. Your family needs these words. Your family needs you to say them. Because they're going to know that they know that that was God. And not flattery. So Lord, I thank you for using us and wanting to use us in a mighty way. I thank you, Lord God, as we walk up and walk into freedom, deal with our hearts. As you're praying, your heads are bowed. If you're in here and you're saying, I've never openly accepted Jesus. I've never uh, asked God to come into my heart. I've never openly done that. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, people are praying. And if that's you and you said, I, I want to do that. I want to I not just spy out salvation. I need to have it. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. We just want to pray with you. Believe God with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We're in the house. Now, I'm saying within myself, all of you have raised your hand for this. Whether you wanted to or not, I'm telling you, you did it. <laughs> you were chasing down some giants this week. You're going to bring down some giants that your kids don't have the capacity or strength to do. You're going to bring down some giants that have been standing in your life. And you're going to bring them down in the name of Jesus. You're going to bring some giants down in your grandkids. You're going to bring some giants down in your friend's life. we got friends that are in bad relationships. The, the giant that's so big, I thank you, Lord Jesus. We bring them down because we love them. We love our friends, God. 
And we thank you, Lord Jesus, as you've made our hearts compatible with the victory of God, we give ourselves over to you at all times. We bless you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Ain't